Welcome, Dr. Shauna Shapiro. Good morning. I love you. What was your most traumatic experience from youth to where you are today that brought you to writing the book, Good Morning, I Love You? Yeah, so when I was a teenager, I had scoliosis, and kind of out of the blue, it became so severe that my spine was going to puncture my lungs, and so I had to have emergency surgery. Um, I had a metal rod put in my spine. So I went from this kind of active, healthy teenager one week to a week later, lying in a hospital bed, unable to walk. Oh, my gosh. And you were uh, in high school? I was 17. Yeah, I was in high 17. school. And I believe I remember playing volleyball. So you were ready to go off to college. and Right. So I had just signed to play at Duke University, and volleyball was my entire life. And all of a sudden, it was gone. Um, and... You know, as a teenager, I just didn't have the tools to cope. Uh-huh. And I'm so grateful to my father. He gave me this book on mindfulness. I remember it so clearly. I was lying in that hospital bed, and he came in with this real tender fatherly concern and handed me this book. And I remember the first line of the book. It says, no matter what has happened to you, it's already happened. The real question is, now what? Now and what? Yeah. felt like this world opened up like this possibility that I could be happy again, that I could have a life, maybe not the life I planned, but mm-hmm. still a wonderful life. And it led me on this, you know, lifelong journey. I, once I recovered a few years later, I went to Nepal and Thailand and studied in monasteries and felt such deep transformation in my own life, both physically in terms of my physical pain, but also emotionally and mentally that when I came back to the U.S., I decided to get my Ph.D. and study uh, mindfulness scientifically and eventually became a professor, and I've spent the last 20 years studying. Yeah. Great. So you're a professor, and where do you teach today? I'm at Santa Clara University in California, and Great. I've been there for 17 years. I went, I did a postdoc at Stanford, and the very next day I started as a professor. So That's it's amazing. The only world I've ever known, yeah. That is wonderful. Wow. So you turned tragedy and self, what we put into ourselves when we are faced with fear and hurt and pain, whether it's traumatic of an accident or we're born with something specific or life in general of just dealing with everyday stresses. And you took it and found yourself through Nepal is that where you really feel like you found yourself when you were visiting? A- so present. And then spending time in the monasteries was really where I had this incredible epiphany. One of, one of the monks said to me, I was there for two weeks in silence doing a meditation retreat, and I was getting so frustrated with myself because I felt like I wasn't doing it right, and I just couldn't do it, and my mind was all over the place, and I just, you know, I thought I was going to be peaceful and zen, and it was far from it. And I remember telling this monk, about my frustrations and my judgments and my impatience. And he looked at me and he said, you're not practicing mindfulness. You're practicing judgment, impatience, frustration. He said, he said these five words. He said, what you practice grows stronger. What you practice grows stronger. We know this now with neuroplasticity, our repeated thoughts, our emotions, they shape our brain. And so it radically shifted the whole way I approached mindfulness, that meditation became um, a place to practice kindness instead of judgment, a place to practice peace instead of rushing. Exactly, yes. I'm on 
mindfulness and meditation and moving forward during these stressful moments in our lives, especially now with the coronavirus and people being fearful and unknowing. Yeah. Don't have to have a disease. Everyone's kind of feeling that right now of how you felt before you had your surgery, how I felt finding out I had MS, but we both turned it around. So what would be key things that you could share with us today moving forward to someone that is 100% perfectly healthy and nothing wrong, but they're feeling all of this emotions of everything we went through? Exactly. Well, I think what you're saying is exactly right, which is all of us are experiencing the stress of these times we're experiencing it in our nervous system in our hearts yeah. and it's so important to learn practices that can grow resilience and resources in us and so a couple of very small tips um, the first is just to name how you're feeling you know mm-hmm. that's so radical it's so simple but it's so radical just to be like sweetheart it's really scary right now or you're afraid or you're feeling lonely just Saying that, what science shows, um, this was a study from UCLA, is that when we name our emotions, it down-regulates the nervous system, it calms down our physiology, and then we can meet them with greater clarity and wisdom. So the first step, just name it to tame it, right? Just name the emotion. I love that. Name it to... So what happens is we skip to what am I going to do next, and we don't first just say, sweetheart, it's scary right now. This is overwhelming. And so the first step is really to pause and really honor our emotions. And then the second step is to be kind to ourselves. Right, let me give you a hug. Yes. And we don't do that for ourselves. Instead, we beat ourselves up and we're like, you're not doing enough. What's wrong with you? And keep us stuck in the very behaviors we want to change. They yeah. don't help us. They don't help you become a better person. You know, what I tell people is if beating yourself up worked, I would say, go ahead and do it. If it's going to make you a better mother or if it's going to make you happier, it doesn't work. What's interesting is that kindness and compassion actually turn on the learning centers of the brain. They yeah. give us the resources we need to change. always have this morning routine of I walk, get up whether I'm in pain or not, and I move to mint, but I always look in the mirror and I always say, I love you, and today we're going to accomplish, I have a list of five, and I name those five things, but... I always say, if we get one done, we did great today. And I got it done, and I tap myself on the back. That is so healthy and so abnormal. <laughs> you're, you're, you're kind of the anomaly, Don, because most of us go around and they say, we say, oh, I didn't do it, or something's wrong with me. So what you're doing is so helpful, because when we learn how to treat ourselves with kindness, it actually allows us to be more effective, more productive, mm-hmm. and more generous with other people. So a lot of times people think kindness is selfish. It's the opposite. It's actually learning how to be a better citizen of the world. A was the most powerful movement in your life while you were writing the book. Mm. Gosh, it's so interesting. No one has asked me that. This is probably the 500th interview I've done since it came out in the last three months. No one asked you this? (laughs) Um, Pardon? No one has asked me that. And the second you said it, I knew the answer. So... Gosh, it's such a strange one. When I was writing the book, um, I was really remembering back to the surgery because I completely blocked that part of my life out. And I had this realization that, of course, I couldn't walk up and down. My parents have my sweet father 
gave up his entire, you know, bedroom and air and living space for me to rehabilitate. Yeah. And I had kind of put that. So the mo I was in the middle of writing and I put down everything. I called my dad and I was like, I love you so much. Thank you so Aww. much. And it was one of those just very unexpected special moments. So I don't even know if that's relevant, but it's what came to mind. It's completely relevant because that's what drew you to continue your purpose to write the book. And yeah. your book today has helped thousands, millions possibly around the world. I, when you Google your name, you are everywhere for mindfulness and finding your inner peace and moving forward in your life. And that is not only an art, it is such a spiritual enlightenment of a gift that you are sharing with the world. And when we first started talking and we FaceTimed each other for the very first time, I could just see it radiating from you. And I truly believe sometimes tragedy brings us to the best light of our lives and to move forward. Absolutely. In fact, in Chinese, the, the word for crisis means both danger and opportunity. Um, and I think it's all about how we need it. And I think for me, that's why I wrote the book is when I did my TED talk two years ago, I shared this good morning, I love you practice, which for me mm -hmm. was this very personal, intimate, kind of awkward and embarrassing practice. And, you know, it went viral. It has over a million and a half views. I know. And people really resonated with it. And I realized all of us struggle with shame. All of us struggle with self-doubt and we're not good enough. And that these practices, they're simple, but um, they're important. Like they need to be practiced every day. I love that you get up in front of a mirror and say, I love you. I still don't do that. I lie in bed and I put my hand on my heart and, you know, some days still I say, good morning, I love you. And it feels awkward, mm -hmm. you know, and other days it feels beautiful and it's this deep spiritual love, but it's this continual practice. And I think that's what I like people to know is that it's never too late, right? You've never messed up so badly or your current circumstances are never too, you know, severe that you can't change that change is possible for all of us no matter what no it's, matter it's what, what no matter what it's what neuroscience teaches us yes. we're never stuck that is so true and I know that I have done so much research and I believe I shared with you that um, I'm constantly retraining my brain yes. living with multiple sclerosis if I and I now can tell you when I'm going to have an attack mm. by how my body is acting and what is moving forward. So I literally move forward every day with, if my brain is acting up over here and my side of my face is coming down or I can't feel my hand, I will go to the left side of my body and start moving the left side. So the brain is like, wait a minute, what is she doing? What is going on? And it's almost kind of like taking a shaking ball at Christmas and you shake it up and snowflakes just start going. I constantly am like re-tapping and retraining my brain and reading. Thing is, what you're saying is so important, which is you're able to see clearly mm -hmm. what's needed and then respond effectively and wisely. The word mindfulness means to see clearly, so we need to see clearly each moment so we know how to respond. And for you, it's with MS and your physical body. For other mm -hmm. people, it's the stressors of life. And that's why mindfulness, it's, it's such a powerful tool because it makes us resilient. Whatever comes, we see it clearly, we have the tools to respond. Anyone today watching this show, 
mindfulness, how I've done my mindfulness, how you learned good morning, I love you, Shauna, with on your hand. It really doesn't matter where we are in our day. We can practice this constantly, correct? Exactly. In fact, that's the whole thing. And you can practice moment by moment. In mm -hmm. fact, every moment matters. Every moment you are changing your brain. And so throughout your day, I, I always put my hand on my heart. My son gets so embarrassed, <laughs> but I, it soothes me and it, it reminds me to be gentle with myself instead of constantly pushing. Yeah. What is going on that you can't stay in this mindset? And I try to analyze it and move forward. So and I think what you're saying is so important, which is you can begin again in mm -hmm. any moment. So let's say you pushed yourself too hard that day. Mm -hmm. the, the antidote is not to beat yourself up and be like, why did you push yourself so hard? You, you're terrible. But to say, oh, sweetheart, what can we learn? And I'm going to begin again in this moment. This yes. moment new. It's never too late. You can begin again, again, right? Right. <laughs> yes. It's, just, it's a brand new moment and a brand new moment to each day coming up. Just exactly. constantly moving forward. It's like the ocean tides they're always rolling out but they're always rolling back forward and i believe that we constantly need to just leave that rolling backwards back there and learn and accept and move forward exactly yeah beautiful i love the analogy of the ocean and also just our breath right there's yes. that inhale and that exhale and it's always right here it's this new fresh life oxygenating the body and then releasing stress and toxins out into the world and what's beautiful is it's not like you're polluting the world with your out breath right it's carbon dioxide it's what the trees and the plants need exactly i tell someone that lives in the big city how what can they find in the big cities today where there there's little trees there's little like those getaway moments how could they do it at home right so a couple things. One is nature is an incredible resource. And for those of us lucky enough to be near it, use it and enjoy it. I thought